to another Kamikaze Radio podcast. As always, this is your host, Michael McCall, joined by my co-host with the most, the one and only, Narado. What's going on? I'm in here, being brought to you tonight by Camel Crush Bowl. Uh, they are a dollar off at your local convenience store. And Burnett's Raspberry Vodka and Sprite. I'm not sure I like you cutting these deals on the side where you're sponsored for this podcast. You, uh, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get your cut on the back end. Oh, well, Whatever that means. In that case, then that's awesome. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> so, Rod, how the hell are you? It's been a few days. Uh, how's the last week treating you? Last week was good, man. Uh, got my dreadlocks retwisted. Now, how does that work? You get your dreadlocks retwisted. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a, no, it's a person um, that twists them up. Yeah, okay. uh, had this nice, uh, sweet young tender come over to the house and. Uh, that's, wa- that's vaguely <laughs> disturbing the way you uh, describe that. <laughs> Washed my hair, you know, and she took the the lock gel and the herbal oils to it. Separated what is, them. What is, oh, dreadlock Re- gel. Retwisted it. Uh, it's it's a gel specially formulated to keep your locks looking good, nice and tight. Is it from the island of Jamaica, man? It actually uh, says that on the box, but it's probably actually from fucking Pakistan or fucking <laughs> Jersey City. No, did shit. I mean did did the dreadlock style actually originate in Jamaica? I don't know, and I don't give a fuck. Uh, I look good with longer hair. I got the dreadlocks. Oh, look, no one's saying you don't. I'm just, just curious. That's just the end I'm of it. Curious for me. from from my point of view, you know, as we've. I think previously from, from. <laughs> discussed the, the horribleness of white dreadlocks off the air. <laughs> and I think we may have mentioned it in I one of the earlier did. broadcasts. I think we did talk about it on the air that day. But yeah, uh, I think it did originate in Jamaica. It's the only thing that has come from Jamaica that I like. So uh, you don't like ska music or reggae music? I like jerk chicken. A jerk chicken. I like dreadlocks on me. I hate everything else Jamaica. <laughs> Fuck you, Holly Selassie. Exactly. <laughs> take Rastafarianism and shove it right up your black-soaped, dirty ass. <laughs> That's not very irie, man. <laughs> as you yeah, know, I'm, I'm, a, big, meat pies I'm a big fan of the Jamaican meat pie, <laughs> as you well know. No, currently uh, my bowels are in Babylon due to Indian food, not... Uh, not the Jamaican meat pie. Last <laughs> night I went to Taj, India with a, a lovely uh, young lady from Alaska. And, uh, you know, I wanted to order something a little spicy to prove my manhood, I guess. Because that's what the chicks from Alaska like. If, they, if there's they, one thing they can't get man, enough of in Juneau, it's Indian food. <laughs> that's right. Pretty much only white people live in Alaska. There's no ethnic groups. It's, a, it's very cold. I wouldn't even like to be in Alaska. You, you know what Dave Attell said, uh, that... The, the Ku Klux Klan in Alaska is the most bitter clan in the world because there's only one black dude there. There's only one guy to hate. <laughs> Todd, wasn't that his name? <laughs> said to me, he's like, we got to get Eric. One of, <laughs> one of the best, just pure stand-up albums of all time <laughs> happens to be David Tell, Skanks for the Memories. I bought that CD and listened to it often. One of my all-time favorite stand-up CDs. So what else is going on with you now? Uh, for, for the viewers... Well, listeners out there. <laughs> the, the viewers. For the for those of you who stare nope. at your uh, pl- MP3 player or computer while well, well, listening there, to this. There are people who might, you know, look at our pictures on the website while they masturbate and listen to the podcast. And this one's for you. Well, that's right. Um, personally, I, if you could email me some of those pictures, I'd be down. Um, but 
I'd note that he did not discriminate sex of the people that would send that in. So it could be anybody. Once, just, you, once you cross a certain threshold of ridiculousness, it really doesn't matter who's doing what. <laughs> well, fair play on that one, I suppose. Like, like if you want to send me a personal video of just you masturbating to sexually arouse me, it's got to be a woman. You want to send me a video of you fucking a horse, I don't really give a fuck what your sex is. I just want to see it. <laughs> Did you see that documentary? I think it came out maybe a year or two ago. Uh, it was about this dude that was killed when he was letting a horse fuck him. Yeah, I saw that and, video a few years oh, back when it happened. I, I've only read about it. I don't want to see. I don't want to get that in my oh, brain. Oh, but you missed it, man. It was beautiful because it was a, it was a tandem. <laughs> it was be- it was a ta- it was a oh, tandem. Oh, slow, slow down. Beautiful. That's not a word I would use to describe uh, the uh, deadly copulation <laughs> of a horse and a man. That's be- that's because you're you're blinded by you. You don't have <laughs> blinded a, by my love for my own species. You don't have a an, a, a true appreciation for art. I would expect. A, <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't expect a philistine look, like I, yourself. Uh, I enjoy to art. Understand I, the beauty of a Salvador man. Dali and whatnot, but that that is not art, my friend. I mean, the horse cock was kind of drippy, like those Dali clocks. If, if this was perspective you want to put you on, have it. a you are. Perverted. Exactly, but imagine it over a man's anus. <laughs> you have, I think at this point you have seen so much pornography in your life that has warped your brain a bit. I'm, I'm concerned for you. Confirmed. I, I won't. I won't disagree because there's only there's only so far people can go with the regular porn for that doesn't get them off anymore, and then they go into what I like to call the the black zone of awfulness. <laughs> well, speaking and there's speaking all kind of, of there's all kind of disquieting and disparaging. Images there. There is. But you, you know who disagrees with that stance that we were just talking about for some reason? The Japanese. Now, this is. Well, they, this they're, is they're exploring all new avenues. But this is something I find weird weirdness. about it, though. They get, like, they get weird as the fact in their porn, right? But Absolutely. And some of them, they still try to keep it humble and traditional by blurred out genitals. <laughs> is that traditional? And I'm just like in, like, the old, in the old Japanese woodcuts, <laughs> was, there, was there blurring of the genitals? There, there's a uh, scrimshaw. Of uh, people with uh, blurred genitals. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do love to murder wells. But seriously, man, it's like they, they, they get real modest like that. And it's just like, I'm watching a woman take it up the ass from an octopus tentacle, but I can't see some pubic hairs. This is complete bullshit. That is, I mean, that does seem a lot worse <laughs> exactly. to me. I like pixelated genitalia. Exactly. Honest to God, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Well, the ja- look, I, you ha- I have to blame all this perversion <laughs> on the atomic blasts at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <laughs> That's going to fucking warp a country. That's uh, going to warp a whole yeah, lot more I mean, than I mean, damn Japan, <laughs> Japan is a country where you can buy used underpants in a vending machine. If we had one of those, though, Mike, they are, they are dollars in the They are light years Please ahead believe. of us in pervert technology. True, but they're also... The sex, and you know the sex bot's going to come from Japan. They're far behind in, in the acceptance. Like, the craziest thing I've ever seen in the porno, it was called the Japanese milk and cookies, right? I don't think I want to know where this everybody is Everybody wants... Well, you, you mute gonna, yourself and everybody else ear, earmuffs, up. Earmuffs, earmuffs, um, if you uh, are listening and there are children in the car. It was a live-action porno. There was a Japanese businessman laying on a hotel bed. He's got the slippers on. He's got his dress socks on, underwear, and a tank top. Like you do. Lined up next to him are five young Japanese women. Completely butt naked. 
what they did was they took like a huge turkey baster filled with milk and pumped it in the oven. They showed me that, but all those bitches had the cut flaps covered up with like a maxi pad. I'm like, that's the shit you don't want me to see? It seems like a very polished monologue slash rant. Like, this is not the first time you've pondered this. I just had this conversation like four days ago. <laughs> who, who did you have this conversation with? It doesn't matter. <laughs> a pastor, I hope. Was this what finally killed uh, Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth? Was th- this conversation? Please don't. I don't know, but let me tell you something about Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth. I want them to put his ass in the ground. Not in the negative, he's I a, hate him since. They're apparently he's sending been, me corpse on a tour of, dead of, like Birmingham, nine fucking weeks. of Birmingham churches and civil rights Fred Shuttlesworth been dead since the 4th of July. And his ass has still not been buried. Yet. I read that uh, the corpse of Fred Shuttlesworth is going to flip the coin at the Magic City Classic. <laughs> is, that, is that true? <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I want to go to the Magic City Classic this weekend. Oh, <laughs> I, want, I want to see. I want to see what the brouhaha is all about. Are you going to tweet that? I am going to tweet. Excellent. It. So I had a I had an interesting weekend uh, since you asked. Uh, it was very much like a, a 90s revival weekend for me. I saw a bunch of bands I used to go see as a teenager. Friday night, I went to Bottle Tree and saw Man or Astro Man, and they were fantastic. Right. And then Saturday night, I went to Zydeco to see uh, the Super Suckers and the Reverend Horton Heat. Were So uh, it, uh, the, the shows were awesome. What was not awesome was seeing my peers that I used to see shows with, because, you know, they quit coming out to shows for like the last 10 years. They got... They got married, and they got fucking old, man. These people were, like, gray hair, and it was sad to see these people I, like, grew up, you know, as a teenager together with, and they're, they're all old as shit. I don't, I mean, was I it, guess, I, it, I mean, I'm creepy? not. It was creepy. It was, it was like a, a reminder of your own mortality at, at, everywhere you turned. Was it like that episode of uh, Venture Brothers when the, the Scooby-Doo gang was on there, all old and <laughs> fucked up? <laughs> it was more like that episode where where the docs in therapy and there's the Hardy Boys and uh, Astro Boy that came on last night. I know it's a excellent one of excellent. probably one of my top five all time favorite top Venture three. Brothers episodes. <laughs> Venture Brothers being my number one all time favorite Adult Swim uh, television program, but uh, that was uh, that was a weird thing to see. I didn't enjoy that. But uh, I enjoyed the music, and that was cool. And uh, there were a lot of uh, nice ladies out this weekend. Yeah, so it's going to be a fact. That's always a plus. I don't really fuck with the Magic City Classic anymore. Now, see, I, 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 I think up. we should do a live podcast, <laughs> or, or at least take a device where we can record our thoughts and observations. Because a friend of mine uh, is going to be cooking some barbecue and selling it. Oh, down at the, uh, the Magic, not at the Magic City Classic, but somewhere off of 20th Street in Inslee. He gave me direction, so that's going to be fun looking for that, but it's supposed to be fantastic, so I'm totally going to do it. No, I, uh, these were, I, would, I, would, I would go get the barbecue and then maybe go to the game, because I, I hear the, the better, it's, 
you go really for what's outside of Legion Field rather than what's inside. There's a whole almost festival-like yeah, the, atmosphere. The, the Magic City Classic is uh, basically a fashion show and a band halftime show. Nobody gives a fuck about the game. Uh, everybody goes just to show off new outfits. True. And you also get to see the most horrible outfits you've ever seen in your life. I'm talking snakeskin slacks <laughs> with matching snakeskin sandals and leather tank tops. It's just all types of... I plan on I'm wearing just, a snakeskin tank top <laughs> to just, the game. Just the countryest pimp shit you've ever seen in your life. Like some shit Huggy Bear wouldn't be caught dead in. And I think Antonio Vargas is still alive. <laughs> and well. But uh, if you want to get your classic on, though, uh, I say go for it. I was invited to a classic kickoff party by our, our, our mutual friend, Uncle Iva. Is that something I should, uh, is that something I should attend? Yes. Please go. <laughs> are, Please. Are you going to be there? I'll be at work Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, no, I think this is Friday. I think it's at Steel. If it's Friday, we go. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, it's Thursday. Thursday, okay. Thursday well, at Steel. Let's do it. Thursday night, Magic City Classic. Oh, no, oh, yeah, I'll be at Doss House Thursday. That's well, we right. can go after. We can go after. Yeah, we'll go after. After Doss House. We, is this around the corner? That's right. Of course, this Wednesday, I'll be at the uh, Laughing Skull Lounge. Oh, word. In Atlanta, GA. Telling, will you now? Telling some jokes. Will you? I will. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's been a, <laughs> been a couple months since I've been there, but it's one of my favorite uh, clubs in all of America to perform at. There's that one in the uh, Upright Citizen Brigade Theater in New York. Right. Probably my number one all-time favorite, but, but uh, Laughing Skull, a close second. I love Laughing Skull Lounge. They've been real good to me. That's right. It's a, I mean, it's really just... It's, it's a, I feel like it's a club designed for... Comedians, it is. It's real, real quiet and intimate. The crowds there specifically to see comedy. Uh, it's got a bar in the room that you do comedy, so people don't have to, you know, keep coming in and out and shit. It's a great place. It really is, and you can pack a lot of people into it for it to look so small. And I love the green room uh, mainly for the the uh, Bill Hicks principles of comedy they have on the wall, which is a, a very inspirational read. Uh, I believe the the nice people uh, from the Nerdist podcast posted on their website. So if you want to check out what we're talking about, just uh, Google uh, Bill Hicks Principles of Comedy. It's uh, something I try to live by. Uh, And uh, if you don't know who Bill Hicks is, uh, find the fuck out because he is my all-time favorite comedian. Or just just incept Mike and go into his dreams and you'll see him (laughs) fucking him. There's no fucking, and usually my dreams were piling around, and uh, he's opening for me. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I just said. <laughs> Not that kind of opening, stupid, dumb, dumb. Oh, you're the bottom. No, I got you. no. <laughs> Talking about uh, in the comedy sense of the term. <laughs> uh, we need a, a, a soundboard of sound effects so I can. So when he makes a comment like that, I could just press the toilet flushing sound. So here's another. Another shit from Nerado. Boosh. Can, can we add that in in post? Okay. Mark it down. Uh, let me see. We're at the uh, we're at the 16-minute uh, mark exactly. So go ahead and drop a drop a big old flush. <laughs> so um, also maybe some um, laser beam sounds too. Yeah, for exactly. no for no uh, for no good reason. Pew, pew. <laughs> The, the someone, meat. someone shooting at my ass from the toilet. The oh, meat, no. the meat wad gun lasers. Oh, yeah. 
So what do you think about the Aqua Teen? They're now the Aqua Unit Patrol Squad 1 or something like that? You know what? I didn't like that idea at first. Um... I kind of still don't like it. It's only a name. Because it's the same fucking show. <laughs> oh, yeah, they just changed And they the live name. in the same houses, except sure. now they live in uh, Seattle instead of New Jersey for some odd reason. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know if I picked yeah, up on yeah, that yeah. at all. <laughs> they live in New... They live in... So now they move from New Jersey to Seattle. Them did and Carl... Carl still, them Carl and Carl still live well. next door to each other. Two Wicked is still rolling. <laughs> and... Uh, Last night's episode was... I think the finest episode I've ever seen. I it's haven't pretty, watched it it's yet. It's a pretty good one. With the, the last I think that was the first episode of Aqua Unit. Like they, I think they re-ran it because I've seen that one before. Right. They've run in the whole season back. They just dropped yeah. the first season on DVD. Nice. I like the one with the tattoo that, that Shake got. I like that one. That, I, that's one of my all-time have you favorite seen, shows. Have you seen though. China, Illinois? I don't like that joke. Uh, I, uh, I'm really uh, digging it, man. China's beautiful. I it's, think it's hilarious. It's much too irreverent Professor for me, Professor Brothers. Man. That's right. If you, if you like the work of, of cartoonist Brad Neely. Last but I, night was a hard one. I'm still yes, loving, it, I'm yes, still loving Squid Billies, though. They're oh, back in a major way. Last night's Squid Billies was pretty good. <laughs> with uh, Rusty uh, <laughs> makes a snowman that comes to life and is a better father than, than early. <laughs> I guess it was uh, inspired by Jack Frost. No, the one with Michael Keaton, not the serial killer Jack Frost movie. But that voice you've heard uh, silently, uh, and not silently if you've heard it, that voice you've heard audibly interjecting is the voice of our guest tonight, Birmingham comedy legend. I don't, I don't, and I'm not, and I feel like I'm using that term lightly. Mr. Christopher Davis, welcome to the Kamikaze Radio Podcast. Thank you, Mike Narado. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having Mr. me. Davis. And I'm quickly regretting ever saying yes. Sorry you had to hear about the uh, Japanese. We're all, I'm, both you and the, and the listeners for the Japanese <laughs> porn conversation. Uh, I think you should apologize to Japan as well. They bring it on themselves with their perversion. They know not what they do. They were godless people. Nuclear no, I'm fallout. kidding. I'm kidding. They I are like Japan. mainly a godless people. Uh, yeah, they, well, they've got uh, yeah, and Godzilla doesn't count. <laughs> I love Japan. I hope to go there one day. I probably won't get panties out of a vending machine or have any horse porn shot with me in it. That's, but uh, that's some complete bullshit. I he, love, he said he said maybe though, so he doesn't discount the possibility that I loves me some Mount Fuji. Bro, if I ever get to Japan, I'm dropping some motherfucking dollars in that motherfucking panty machine. Probably some yen. I do want to look at that machine. I want to stand there and see what businessmen get underwear out of that machine. Apparently the businessmen there are just incredibly perverse. I know. It's like they they like beef, Harley Davidsons, and girls' panties out of vending machines. Honorable uh, salary man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Domo Ori, got, what's wrong with you? <laughs> now, Chris, you've, you've been performing in comedy circles for a long time. As far as I can remember in the Birmingham comedy scene. Since 2000. The first, the first time I remember seeing you was as a member of an improv group, uh, torrential downplay. Ah, uh, torrential downplay. The good this, old this days. This has to be in the late nineties, early two thousand. This is two thousand. Okay. Uh, audition. I saw Christmas after Christmas, nineteen ninety nine, for uh, ten to twelve people for our improv comedy group. And two thousand, we had our first show. Now, who was the in the lineup of the original torrential downplay? Uh, it was me, Jamel Davidson. That's where we met again because I think our paths crossed. And Savannah at art school. 
I think his crew and my crew walked past each other. Said, were, hey. y'all, were y'all rival crews? <laughs> was that <laughs> fucking break dance <laughs> no, There was no cardboard on the ground. We would have done it. But uh, we met up again, and uh, my buddy Sam Landman and Adam Fox and Biz Ellis. I don't know if you know all of them, but... So I know several of the names you're throwing out yeah. there. Sam, I, I remember from, from hanging out at Optic Nerve. Optic Nerve. Birmingham's... Uh, Alternative comic book store of the late of the late to mid mid to late nineties. It was in the alcove of Five Points. Nobody knew where that place was. Right, you could get obscure comics and obscure uh, movie rentals. <laughs> and I think Jamel worked there. I yeah, he worked there. He hung there. out there all the time. So both of them did it all the time. So. Did he do the thing where you just hang out for so long? The guy's just like, "Look, if you're going to be here, will you just do some work? <laughs> just put on the payroll." Yeah. I think that's how I get to talking to him. I would hang out there and be all nerdy and start talking about stuff. And I it's got like, a job at Banana Republican High School because of that. <laughs> just hung out. I, I shopped there so much that the manager just asked me if I wanted a job. Like Narada, you love flat front slacks. And I said, you, sure. uh, and then because pick up you a have broom. to wear, it's one of those places where you have to wear their clothes. Like everything that's visible on you has to be from the store. You get like an eighty percent discount for like a month when you first start, and once the eighty percent discount ran out, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's the only reason I want to work at Banana Republic for the discount. I will leave immediately after I get enough cardigans. Yeah, once they tried to bust me down to twenty percent off, I was like, and I'm out. I once worked. Uh, in a Banana Republic uh, as a Secretary of Defense, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> not You're a worldly man. Yes. It was a uh, moon over Parador, I think, is, was inspired by my story. It's a fine film that I've never seen. It, I can't really go into it right now, but that's, that's very, very true. Now, uh, I don't know what the, is that Black Canary? I don't know. This is terrible, uh, terrible. Yeah, I'm not a comic this book is, nerd at all, but yes. I'm so this is all DC comics on there. It is. I just put DC Comics on this notebook because my last one was uh, Marvel. I just wanted to switch it up. I know about six of these people. Okay, got Red, Red Tornado over here, Firestorm, Vixen, Zat- Zatanna. Zatanna. We're all staring at Narado's notebook. Black Lightning. Adorned with the, the DC Comics stickers. Right? Is that her name? No, that no she she's has a Zatanna. Superpower. She yeah, has a top like, hat, too. Like Martian, Martian Manhunter, which sounds like a, a, a gay porn. <laughs> Is that Black Vulcan? Who is that? It's Black, Martian Manhunters. That's Black, Black Lightning. 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 Is yep. it Martian Manhunters, the, the porno they watched in Dirty Work? <laughs> <laughs> that was men in black who liked to have sex with other men. <laughs> Fucking love that. Dirty Work, the classic uh, comedy film with Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang. Oh, that's one of the most underrated comedies of all time. I, 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 I actually watched that shit. That and Screwed. I heard an interview. greatest works. I heard an interview with Bob Saget, who directed Dirty Work, and they were saying how they they couldn't get Don Rickles to understand that he was insulting characters. He was just insulting Artie Lang <laughs> and Norm Macdonald as who they were, which is why, if you'll notice, some of the dialogue really doesn't fit the characters at all. No, I'm your hockey puck. Cut. <laughs> you baby gorilla. Uh, yeah, that's how he opened up with Artie Lane. <laughs> why, why, did you, why did you quit your job? You get a cab and move to the mountains away from everybody so you don't bother <laughs> Not, Go to the mountains by horse and don't bother anybody. <laughs> I love Don. Hello, ice cream. Baskin Robbins called. They're down to three flavors. <laughs> What's so funny? Do you like it when I called your friend a fat set? <laughs> it was funny when you were yelling at him and stuff. You got the personality of a dead moth. Ah, insult comedy. 
Welcome back to Don Rickles' transcripts, everybody. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this is uh, actually, uh, you know, they, when I was a kid, uh, NPR would do Star Wars <laughs> on the radio. They would read it out. It did? The script, yeah. It was, a big, it was a big to-do. Like H.G. Wales? <laughs> kind of. And so this is kind of the, the equivalent. Tom Tom's hacking father. We're doing dirty work. <laughs> Yeah, why is this on a DVD commentary? <laughs> Criterion edition. Can we get back to that finger-banging conversation we were having before? No, 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 we cannot. We were talking about Chris Davis's early comedy career. Yes. With torrential downplay before we went off on this uh, tirade. I don't know what you're talking about, Narado. Now, torrential downplay. Yes. How long did that last? That was, I think we had about a... F- Four-year run, about four years, maybe. I can remember seeing you guys perform in a internet cafe oh. in Mountain Brook. That oh, was, Liquor 360. Yes, that was the, I think, the only time I saw you guys perform. Yeah, that's our longest place. We played a lot of places, and they either shut down or just didn't do stuff anymore. They usually closed. We closed down a lot of places. And they had, they had an open mic night where my friend Andrew Thomas did some stand-up. Andy? And I almost, I almost made my comedic debut at Liquid 360. Almost? That close. But I chickened out, and I decided to wait two more weeks and do the Stardome open mic. Oh, cool. I always meant to come to the open mic night because I wanted to try stand-up, but I had never done stand-up yet. I'd only done improv. But I said, yeah, I'm not going to do stand-up. I probably won't be too good at it. So when did you start uh, with the stand-up? Was that when Fresh Ground Comics began? Yeah. When Torrential Downplay ended, it disbanded because it just couldn't contain itself anymore the way it was. Um, I.e., there were a lot of people in there who sucked. So uh, I turned to stand-up. Actually, three of us turned to stand-up, but I was the only one that stuck with it at Fresh Ground Comics. Who who were the three? Uh, Let's see. Me, Debbie Smith, and Jamel Davidson. Actually, Tori Laconce... And Aaron White did oh, it. Oh yes, my old my old friends, <laughs> Aaron and Tori. <laughs> Aaron and Tori. For some reason, I, I I vaguely remember at the beginning of Fresh Ground Comics having somewhat of a a rift rift with those two. You had a rift with Tori and Aaron. What? I think I think so. I think for some reason I, I didn't like them. Were you for some... were you being a d bag or something? Well, that sounds like me. That's probably. <laughs> it was probably all on my part. For those who don't know Mike, he was much fishier years ago than he is today. Jesus, are you serious? <laughs> I, I like to think I've grown up a lot in the, yes. the last decade. He's grown. He's a good fella. Uh, but yeah, that those first. so were you on the very first Fresh Ground Comics show? No, no. Because I was not. I, I started on the second show. No, I heard about Fresh Ground Comics, and somebody said, hey, you should try it out and go see it. I said... Okay, this is a cool new comedy show in town, so I'm gonna check it out. But it took me a while to get there. Maybe it was like fourth or fifth, uh, fourth or fifth show by the time I got there. And because uh, this one, we're, were we still doing it downstairs, downstairs at the Safari Cup? Yeah, still downstairs. Man, that was that it was for the day. It seems like there was a, a lot of excitement about Birmingham stand-up comedy scene there. There it was seemed to have completely disappeared. There was no, it's, it's still out there. There, there was. It's like because the only game in town was the comedy club. And the occasional, I guess, open mic or poetry slam where girls were talking about their daddy touch me poems like for eight hours to stretch. But uh, yeah, you when, got a, any video of that? No, no, I don't. You don't want to. A lot of, lot of girls and berets depressing me. Like I didn't touch you. Why are you, you giving me this? From chicks like that with a smile. <laughs> you would think. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the. He did go to Montevallo, so. Oh, yeah. You, gotta keep you, were that knee, you were knee deep in it then. 
I was balls deep in it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my first time doing stand-up, and it was a lot of fun. I've changed a lot since then, but it was a lot of fun. That's when I first started to see you do stand-up. And a bunch of people. I don't know if you ever did it, Narado. That you? No, he wasn't he around. Narado didn't start, didn't start until, until 2009. Till okay. Kamikaze. So okay. he's years prior to Fresh Ground, the original Fresh Ground comics. Were we the Godfathers then? What is it? We, I, I think we are. We are sort of like some of the elder statesmen yes. <laughs> of the Birmingham alternative comedy scene. <laughs> We're like the Highlanders of comedy, except there's not just one of us. <laughs> So what were, I know you, you, you've already mentioned I was kind of a douchebag back then, but what were your first impressions, at least comedically, of me? Uh, comedically, I, I don't know. I think the same thing I, I think now. I thought you, you were, you were pretty, pretty funny and pretty uh, dark. You were darker then, I think, than now. You, st- you still get some, on some dark tangents. I, I don't know if I would ever describe myself as dark. At least I don't feel like I was dark. Maybe I'm looking at it through the eyes of everybody else. Because everybody else... <laughs> was I freaking people out everybody else, the darkness? Everybody else, I think, saw comedy or the comedians different than an, another comedian. goes like, that guy's dark. It's like, no, he's just funny. Pussy. Like what? Dark uh, and like political? I, I, I do remember doing a lot more political. You were much political, more political. Much you were more way political. more political. Whenever you start talking, it's like, man, it's like a civics lesson. I'm learning shit. I was very much still under the, the influence of Bill Hicks, I think, back then. Which is great. Hey, if you're going to be influenced by somebody, yes. that's a pretty good person to be influenced by. And, uh, yeah, I don't do as much political, because I, I guess I finally just figured out no one really gives a shit, and no one's going to try to change anything. <laughs> I, I listen. Like, I'm ex- like, really, this Occupy Wall Street thing, I'm fascinated by. Uh, I, I, I support them in principle. In principle. And I'm just, I just, you know... The futility of revolution is, I don't know if anyone ever quite learns the lesson, you know? I think the wonderful thing about the uh, Occupy Wall Street thing, I saw today, and of course I was watching Fox News because I like to make myself angry, and uh, this woman was on there, it was beautiful, it was a, a black woman at the protest saying that these Jew bankers need to go back where they came from. It was awesome, and it was on Fox News. So of, course, of course, Fox News is going to pick out the yeah, worst example yeah. of any of the protesters <laughs> at Occupy Wall Street. But to, they've to never, show. they've never seen a Hitler poster of Obama at a at a Tea Party <laughs> rally. Never, never seen it. Ever. Or the picture of watermelon fields. <laughs> or him dressed up like a fucking witch doctor. Yeah, I've never seen that before. <laughs> Speaking of, have you heard Hank Williams Jr.'s diss track of Fox and Friends and ESPN? No. My little brother played it for me yesterday. It is fucking hilarious. A diss track? Why is he dissing them? He said they, they got him with gotcha journalism. Did he really? He really used the term. He, okay. And so basically, they, it seems to me that they just allowed him to speak his mind. Okay, the fact that <laughs> Hank Williams Jr., the hard-drinking Hank Williams Jr., said Both gotcha Jesus. journalism... He is now the biggest pussy I've ever seen now. Yeah. Uh, I, He's selling, literally, on his website, you can buy Hank Jr. for President t-shirts he had made up. <laughs> I'm so tempted to buy one just for the rich irony <laughs> and all of it. President of the crazy retirement home that your grandpa stays in. That guy is just, you know, fine. Say what you want, Hank. Say what you want. But <laughs> nobody wants to listen to you, Grandpa. You're loony as a tune. Back to the fresh ground. <laughs> so despite my dark political ways, yes. uh, who, what were some of your uh, views on the, the first class of 
Birmingham alternative comedy. The first class, I think, was a, a good I'm gonna, class. Let me throw out some names, okay. and I want your impressions. All right. Of course, the founder of Fresh Ground Comedy, Russell Eric. Uh, good kid from a good family. I think Russell's funny. I think Russell's gotten funnier over the years. Also, he's he's the one who's gotten darker. See, <laughs> I, I see. I think he hasn't gotten darker. I it's, think he's. I think he's gone a little mainstream. Main, so I, 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 and and of course, that's due to what he's doing. I mean, he's working yeah. in legitimate mm-hmm. comedy clubs. He sold out a little bit, I think, and he's not. Not the Russell. He's not the. the he's dark, selling out shows. The, no, the dark poet Russell Eret that I uh, <laughs> admired so much and what who really pushed me at the beginning to become a better comedian. I think when Russell's sitting around and when he's off the circuit, he's he's the dark. Oh, he's poet. A, oh sure, but I'm and, and that that you know that part, of this, part, of, this, part of this business is is compromise. Yeah, and we all, some some people are willing to play yeah. that game and. Others, such as myself, would rather toil in obscurity <laughs> rather than um, than to try hard to do mainstream material and write better. And before so, you start uh, finishing uh, naming off names, I will say that when Fresh Ground Comics started, it was downstairs, it was free, and it had more of an open mic feel to it. So the dregs of humanity would come in there, on stage and in the audience. And then Russell started charging five bucks a head, and then he started picking the comics, and it got way better, which just proves if you give somebody something free, they have no value in it whatsoever. Sometimes, not always, sometimes. But, and so sometimes when you charge them just a few bucks, it's a little different. But not every time. I've seen people charge, I mean, pay a lot of money for stuff, yeah. and have, they don't give a shit at all. Like bottle tree shows. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why people pay $10 to get into a show and go on to Porsche and smoke for the entire well, I think, time I think and not what it watch is, the band. Is they're, they're going there just to be cool and, and to, to pick up chicks. And there just so happens to be a comedy show that night. I think that's, that's being a poser really, is expensive. I ain't got ten dollars really, a pop uh, to look hurts cool. the bottle tree as a comedy venue. Unless you're a big, you know, unless you're like Galifianakis yeah. or Oswalt or, or Graffalo, who you opened for, and it was an excellent show, by the way. Thank you. That was a fun show. She was. Janine Garofalo was really very cool. Nice. And she's tiny. Sweet, I've got her in my pocket right sweetheart. now. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's what really kills Bottle Tree as a show. But back, back to impressions. Uh, yeah. Amongst the first, Andrew Thomas, my old roommate. I like Andrew Thomas, and I wish he'd still do comedy, but he you just doesn't. Me, you and me both. Doesn't fit, he just he's doesn't gone on, he, He's a, uh, owns a computer company. Is, is, is that company sort of, the guy we were at uh, Blue Monkey with? Yes, yes. The... Huh. Uh, is Pale, he, red-headed gentleman was, was Andrew. Is he now, you're, you're thinking of his, his sociopathic friend, Dave Chapman. That's what I was going to ask, the dark-haired guy? Who I would love to have as a guest here on the podcast. <laughs> we should get him in here next uh, week. The dark-haired guy who always had a moving company? Yes. I just saw him at the gas station, like, last week. And I was like, oh, that's that dude that hang out with Andrew all the time that I've never fucking seen sober in my life. <laughs> and he's gassing up his car. I hope he's not tanked right now. There was one night. Terrified he was going to talk to me. He and I had gone, uh, God, what was it? It was a dance club right there on 21st. Like, I uh, can't remember the name of it, but it was next to uh, the high note. Yeah. Right there on the corner. Not bongos. And but, uh, maybe not Banana Joe's or something like that. Calypso something. Some maybe. sort of shitty dance club. So we yeah. go there one Tiki night style. and uh, we, we just get fucking drunk. And uh, Dave's driving a Porsche at the time. Of course. And uh, so as we decide to leave because it's really lame and uh, we're going to get in the car and he sees that a cop has this kid pushed up against the wall. 
So Dave, being the champion of justice that he <laughs> imagined himself to be, starts running his mouth at the cop. You know, and so we get in the car, and the cop comes over there, and like, you guys been drinking? He's like, yeah. He's like, I think you better let your friend drive. He's like, I was just about to do that. And so I go and get in the driver's seat, but here's the thing. I don't know how to drive a stick. <laughs> I so thought you were a man. The cop walks off, and... Uh, so I like I try like five times to get into the gear, and finally he notices that we're still sitting there. And I turn to Dave and I'm like, "I'm I'm in two seconds. I'm jumping in the back seat. You get us the fuck out of here." And uh, drunken misanthropy with Dave and Mike. I've never seen him sober, and I've never seen him sober. And I know. Did you ever? Did you ever actually see him when he did stand up comedy? He did stand up. Yeah, he his, was he drunk when he did it. He probably I, he was, that man. His last show was my first show. Okay. He was at the Stardome, and he just, about two minutes in, just as he was like, fuck it, and just ripped into the crowd and everyone there. Was it, it was a was beautiful it, thing. Was it funny? I thought so. Was it funny for the right reason? Was it funny <laughs> because it was so messed up? It was funny. Uh, yeah. So here's, here's another name from the past. Jonathan Hurt. Ah, uh, Jonathan. He broke my heart when he stopped doing comedy. For real, right? Like right. Uh, he had the talent. He was Jonathan was, he was smart. almost and honestly, like he could have been like the next Chappelle. Like he was that good. He I, was, I honestly think that he was really good. He was. I think we were all very different, and he was really different than the rest of us. But he, I mean, he could hang with with anybody. I, I thought, but I, I miss him doing comedy. He get hitched. He did. He got hitched, and he is now a. A dean of student affairs at Holy Cross in what? Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh my God! I just spoke to him on the phone the other day. Where do I send my condolences? Apparently, Martin Morrow just got to bring Tim Meadows out on stage. Oh, oh. two bland, unfunny black guys. <laughs> uh, oh. I will not. I will oh. not hear such words about Tim Meadows. Yeah, that's Thank right. you, sir. I, I tell you that about Tim Meadows. I love me funny. some Tim Meadows. You better shut it. Just kidding, Martin. Uh, we love you. We wish you well in in uh, the windy city. <laughs> <laughs> Any other names you want There's to throw some out? Name, Jamel Davidson, your good friend Jamel from uh, Torrential Down. Jamel was great. He was all sideways craziness. And uh, he just decided to start writing more and doing other things. He was tired of being a performer, I guess. He got tired of doing stand-up and decided he uh, wanted to move into uh, kidney disorder. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's what happened. It's all the rage. It's all the rage. Which he loves it. We, we, love, we love Jamel and wish him well. How, yes. do, you, how do you like running fresh ground? Because I, I love it. Well, no, wait, we haven't we haven't quite gotten to, to him taking over Fresh Well, I'm just asking a question. Okay, well, ask. Go ahead. I dig it. It's fun. How did how did that happen? Now, when Russell Russell left to go go tour, and Fresh Ground was kind of a little uh, dead in the water for a short term, while, and then did Crowd. he did he approach you or did you approach him? Well, I how think, did you revive Fresh Ground? Comics? I think crowds were kind of dwindling for it. It was t- twice a month. It was like the first and. Second, first and third uh, Friday or Thursday of the month or something like that. And uh, I think the crowds were small. It was a weeknight or whatever. And then he decided to just kind of take a break and then it just shut down. Uh, and then over at McAnally's Pub, the show you started. <laughs> um, Actually, I did not start that You didn't show. start that? Who started that? Billy, um, now what's his name? Billy Zane? <laughs> no. I remember his first name was Billy and he had a hot sister named Marie. But I, could, I can't remember his last name. Did they name. have a 70s variety show? No, they should have. He started, but then he moved to Chicago like a month later, and he asked if I would take it over. So okay. I was like, yeah, I'll do it, you know? So, yeah, I started the, the show at McAnally. This is prior to its first burning down, probably for the insurance money, from what I understand, <laughs> and, and prior to it now being a Publix. Yes. 
all seven is where we did comedy. Uh, so when um, you guys stopped doing that, I was doing uh, just going over there for that. It's, then it kind of went away after they sold sold the uh, the place so they could open up a Publix. It was a, a dark time in Birmingham comedy. There were no there, there were no shows running. No, I believe I was starting to get into the, the, my first year long depression. Uh, I remember that very sad time. It was a very sad time. But what should we call it? Um, McAnally's Pub. As soon as they said we're going to sell the place. And so we're going to just shut it down. Then the crowd started to get good. Well, of course. And I remember the last night, for some reason, these two crowds had been coming there. There was a crowd on the left side of the place was a group of self-proclaimed uh, polygamists. And on the right were these self-proclaimed devil worshipers. And I don't I, remember that night at all. They were, the, they were the sweetest people you ever met. But they were just like, just, I was like, okay, you're just fake polygamists and you're fake devil worshipers. It was just bullshit. Uh, they were fun. They were nice. But then that shut down. And then I went to Russell and said, do you want to start fresh ground up again? And it's like, I, if you don't want to, I'd like to. So he gave me the blessing. So instead of twice a month Say on a Thursday. Godfather type scenario. Yes. I kissed his ring. <laughs> uh, then I put the ring on his finger, then kissed it. Since I messed up by kissing it when it was on a credenza. Yes, he owns a credenza. Uh, then I say, okay, we're going to do it once a month. The last Friday of the month. And Keep everything else the same, and then it's and then and then Dave up and moved the Safari Cup in the middle of the night. Yeah, he he bounced to Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. It took my mic stands that I paid good money for at Bailey's Brothers Music. Asshole, jerk. Of, oh, the Bean Master. Oh, that's <laughs> South African motherfucker. Oh, Zimbabwean. Man. It was actually. like it was like apartheid all over again. I know. Didn't we learn anything from the? From the, from the ending of school so, days. No, currently you're in you're in uh, you're in two improv comedy troops, both yes. uh, Extemporaneous Theater Company yes. and Ugly Baby Improv. Tell us a little bit about those two. Uh, Extemporaneous Theater Company was started by my buddy Douglas O'Neill, who was in Torrential Downplay with me. Then that went away, and we did some other stuff. And speaking of dark comedy, dark comedy, <laughs> and Douglas so O'Neill. Douglas O'Neill. <laughs> You thought if you thought I was dark <laughs> yes. in uh, the early was... days of French Ground. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, so he started that troupe, and uh, we're in that. And then some of us wanted to do a, a different style of improv, kind of rougher. And so we started Ugly Baby as a side project. Some of us started a side project. So Ugly Baby and ETC. So this is sort of the uh, the spinoff of ETC. Yeah. The, the Mork and Mindy to ETC's Happy Days. <laughs> yes. Except we don't have a Murph. I hope not. Oh, I love Jonathan Winters. But that was a terrible decision. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was when Mork and Mindy started to get good. <laughs> wow. That's something I've never heard. <laughs> That's when Mork and Mindy started to get good. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, look, I'd rather watch Jonathan Winters any day than Robin Williams. So. I love, yeah. That's he just was, me. I love Mr. Winters. One day I'll meet him. Uh, but yeah, so... Robin Williams. No, Jonathan Winters. <laughs> so now, when, where, now, it's very, it's taken off. I, I think you guys are drawing very good crowds with the improv. Yeah, it's still and how often good. are you guys performing? Uh, both troops about once a month, sometimes twice. Like uh, the Red Cat Coffee House, we perform, and also the home of Fresh Ground, Fresh Ground Comics. Comics. And so we we do shows those two places. Try to do it at two. Uh, it's it's good to do it at Red Cat because they don't charge us rent, so we get to keep all the money. Who charges to, you rent? Uh, Birmingham Festival Theater charges rent. Uh, theater downtown charges rent, but it's a much better deal. 
Yeah, um, but any theater in town is going to charge your rent. Nobody so, so, will let you play for free. So, so the question becomes, why not start your own theater? I know. I want to. We'd love to. But we don't have the capital yet. Gotcha. But there's so many abandoned buildings. Somebody should just give it to us. Yeah, I'm, I'm go, all go, about go, people go this, giving me go things. Go to the city and be like, look, you've got, you got some abandoned buildings here. Why don't you let us have one of them? Yeah, come on, Mayor. You know. Papa Bell, give me a building. <laughs> Something on the outskirts of town. Now, I, I would be remiss, and we, we briefly mentioned it last week during the podcast, of the debacle that was View of the City. And no, you were the host of View of the City, Birmingham. What was... What I was told was supposed to be Birmingham's answer to the Daily Show. <laughs> well, don't don't listen your, to what people tell and you. And then, of course, Narada was also involved in View yes. of the City. What, Good it, times. Good times. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of fun working with the people, but to me, I think the main problem, there were too many uh, chiefs and not enough uh, Indians. Uh, I, I and also not enough wampum. Yes, there was not enough wampum at all. Listen, as the host, co-creator sometimes producer and director, writer, star, really, of View of the City. Um, a jerk I would, of all <laughs> trades. Or jerk of all trades. Now, I, I wouldn't consider it a debacle overall. I'm really proud of what we did, all three of us, me, Mike, Norado. Uh, it just couldn't sustain itself because we didn't have any money and we didn't have staff. And for some reason, people thought you can do a weekly show every Wednesday and shoot and edit the whole thing and get it done in a matter of hours. It's like people, I kept saying, we can't air yet. We can't air it. We have to have a few episodes. It's like, oh, it'll be fine. No, it won't. How many, rate, by show of hands, how many of you have done a weekly show? None of you? Great. Including me. <laughs> I think it started to go wrong and bringing in the, uh, a theater director to do a comedy television show. I, I think that was a misstep. Just coming from my perspective. Well, I was a producer's I think having a, a head writer who wasn't a comedian was probably a bad idea. Uh, those two were, things were very unique for a television <laughs> show. For a comedy show, it was very uh, different. No, but I, I, like, I like the fact that like, I, I, was, I did want to be in charge of the writer's room, and then Anne was put in charge of the writer's room, and I was glad that she was in a way because... I don't like being responsible for things, <laughs> and Anne was much more responsible. She was responsible, but she, she didn't know funny from a fucking hole in the ground. And that's coming from somebody who was in that writer's room. She has some funny stuff. Uh, you know, you, let's just agree to disagree on listen, that. Listen, nobody's funnier than me, okay? She's not funnier than me. No one is. Who has some good stuff? He's talking about bland. Bland. It's oh. You know, egg. <laughs> Her? <laughs> you're a, I hope your Arrested Development uh, references were not lost on the audience. I got it, I, and I, I enjoyed not. it thoroughly. No, I mean, I think it was a unique group. Uh, I, I mean, I personally would have had different people involved, but um, the executive producer wanted it, and I think we made it work the way it was. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily brought in somebody who didn't do comedy to be a writer and somebody from theater to direct, but I think we made it work, and... Anyway, by the end of the show, I was directing most of everything anyway. So. Yeah, that was, that's something that I thought was a big problem with you in the city. I think that a lot of times it seems they, they get person A and B to write a sketch. And then they say, that's then damn, They that's would assign good. different people to, to rewrite it, it and, then, and then to perform in it. Yeah. They say A and B write this. That's a great sketch. B and D, I need you to rewrite this. Yeah. Now, F and G, 
this would be perfect for y'all to do. And, and, like, and, and I, want you, I want you to rewrite this, but take everything out of it what? that made it funny and original. And then when someone did a sketch perfectly, the next time we had a sketch like that, they get somebody else to do. I was like, what the fuck is the point of that? Yeah, it it was there was there was a lot of different opinions going on. Well, Chris Davis, uh, I feel like we're just beginning to scratch the surface, so we're we're gonna have to have you back. Yay! I gotta come back for a part two of this because there's so many things we we didn't have a chance to delve into tonight. But uh, I'd like to thank you for being a a guest tonight. This is fun. I like this. And uh, before we leave, of course, uh, we have a little segment I like to call "What Are You Into?" I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I I am a, a bit. Uh, what it is, it's, uh, you know, tell us something you're into in the culture this week. It, it can be a book, a movie, a television show, uh, uh, anything, really, that you're into. So, Chris Davis, what are you into? I am into quite possibly the greatest invention ever known to humankind. Masturbation? Uh, okay, second invention. greatest invention <laughs> I think that's known invention. to humankind. <laughs> uh, Five-second films. I've been watching um, five-second films. Okay, I saw the one with Patton Oswalt where he was a wizard or something. <laughs> yes. Then it cuts back and he's a mental patient. It's so beautifully sad. It is perfect for Patton. I'm sure he wrote it. It was, oh, it was awesome. But these, these films, they're five-second films. You can go on YouTube or go to their website. And they, they cram all this stuff into five seconds. You have five seconds to get in and out. And it's absolutely beautiful. Patton Oswalt is in two of them. He and one, it's like he walks up. He's a mailman. And the guys on the porch say, hey, it's the mailman. Isn't it Sunday? And it cuts a patent. It gets black and white, and he explodes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're five-second films, and they're great. That's what I'm into. That's the cultural uh, thing that I'm into. That's the cultural that I'm going to get. Excellent, excellent. Narada, what are you into this week? I'm being into uh, The Last Oracle by James Rollins. It's uh, part of his Sigma Force uh, line of books. Uh, James Rollins is one of the most talented writers working today. Love all of his books I've read so far, and this is a damn good one. Um, I'm not familiar with Sigma Force. What, what's the story behind this? Uh, they're like an elite scientific slash military special forces uh, that the United States has, and it's, it's just fucking awesome. Awesome. That it's sounds like cool. A, it's, it's composed of basically super soldiers who uh, excel at being snipers, and recon, and also have like advanced degrees in biochemistry. It's it's just fucking great. Well, awesome. Yeah, it's real. It's real nice. It's like in the in the vein of, of Dan Brown, with uh, more military action. So it truly shit. is military intelligence. It really is awesome. It really is. That's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, I guess that's it. That's, that'll do it for this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing else to talk about. Uh, no. No one uh, else to Mike, talk to. Mike, what oh, yes, oh, I'm great. still here. What, Mike, what are I you forgot. into this week? <laughs> well, I've, I've really been into season two of Workaholics. Oh, yes. I'm yes. really enjoying it. Tuesday nights. Temptress is by far my favorite Tempress, episode man. so far. Oh, the, Tuesday nights on Comedy <laughs> Central is... I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give this season so far tight butthole because yes. it is fucking hilarious. Is how how can butthole. one show be so incredibly stupid and incredibly smart at the same it's time? It's like an all-new It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. Except We're, they're slightly more redeemable. It's so funny. Slightly. <laughs> Very slightly. Very slightly. It's I'm a in, beautiful show. I love it. I'm into that, and I'm, I'm also into Paul F. Tompkins as Gary Marshall on <laughs> any podcast where he does his... In, absolutely incredible Gary Marshall 
impersonation. You can hear it on the most recent Comedy Bang Bang podcast. A whole hour's worth. Uh, look, any of the Comedy Bang Bangs with, with Paul F. Tompkins as Gary Marshall. Who, if you're not familiar with Gary Marshall, creator of Happy Days, amongst many other things. Uh, look him up on Wikipedia. It is. It, it may be the most sublimely funny thing I've heard in a very long time. Uh, I'm not sure if it's better than his iced tea impersonation. It, I, I'm going to have to say it is. It's, I'm going to have to say of which all his sounds impressions, nothing like iced tea at all. But although I, awesome. I am also in love with his uh, Werner Herzog, is very good. <laughs> if you haven't heard him do that. It's also very good. John Lithgow is uh, excellent. Yes, check out uh, that, and also check out the pod. F. Tom Cast back for its second season for the great undiscovered project. project. Well, uh, also before we go, uh, do you have any upcoming appearances, Mr. Davis, where the folks can see you? Uh, gonna be at Urban Standard doing improv with Ugly Baby Thursday night at Urban Standard. I just said Urban Standard twice. Now I said it a third time. Urban Standard for eight o'clock. Only two bucks donation. We can't take money at the door, but we can take donations. I'm not sure how that works. That would be the, the 20th, this Thursday. Yes. What time? 8 o'clock. Okay, that's unfortunate because right next door there's going to be a stand-up comedy show at Doss House. <laughs> you start at 9, don't you? Uh, yeah. It's listed as 8. It's listed at 8, but oh, we usually get started start at, at, 10, at 9. Mike McCall time. Don't hate Look, that's not my fault. <laughs> hate the game. Now, I know the last time it wasn't your fault because there was an oom-pa-pa grandpa with well, an accordion. Brian Doyle Murray and his <laughs> one-man band were there at Oktoberfest. That dude, I was, I that was, dude just, was so, he was full of so much swag. Oh, he had it going on. <laughs> I wasn't disappointed that he preempted your show. I was disappointed that he didn't have those symbols on his knees. <laughs> I expect because he was wearing the wireless mic, uh, playing an accordion, and working the keyboard. And later hose and the mixer and full later hose. that's right. Now uh, I will be there this Thursday, October twentieth, at Doss House. You can also check me out Wednesday, October nineteenth, in Atlanta. At the Laughing Skull Lounge. Yeah. Mike McCall at the Laughing Skull Lounge. And as always, every Monday at the Barking Kudu in beautiful downtown Birmingham. Indeed. Best open mic in town. It literally is Birmingham's best Monday night comedy <laughs> show. <laughs> yes. Also, it's only, but also it's best. And also, technically, it's worst, I guess. But uh, we do it every All Monday. And uh, I was, uh, before we came in, uh, Carl asked me to tell everyone about the Halloween Fear Fest they're having here at the Barking Kudu. That's going to be... On October 28th and 29th. Yeah, I'm already frightened. That's right. On that on the Friday on that Friday they're going to have an 80s zombie prom, and then that Saturday they're going to have a blood donors ball. Now I don't know what that's all about. It would be actual zombies, but just you people can, from the 80s. It's 80s zombies, so I can come dressed as a character from Gravedale High. Let's hope it's not 80s blood donors ball because there could be a lot of AIDS in that. Uh, you can check out more at www.halloweenfearfest.com. And it does have listed here at the bottom of the flyer, they'll have fire performers, simulated coffin rides, Whee! burlesque shows, angle grinders, which I can only mean, uh, I can only mean is a misspelling of organ grinders. <laughs> I think angle grinders is probably right. I don't know what an angle grinder would be, All you though. geometry fans, come on exactly. down, bring your obtuse angles. It's going to be former uh, WWF champion Kurt Angle grinding people into the ground. Turn your rhombus uh, into a trapezoid. Live bands and vendors and photo booths and costume attire is required. Wait a minute, gonna live go. bands and zombies? Well, look, that, that sounds like a, a great way to spend your Halloween weekend. Dead bands. <laughs> that wraps up uh, episode six now. Six weeks strong. Not just yet. Uh, 
Birmingham's premier. Uh, well, I'll be at Doss House with Mike Thursday night. That's correct. Um, I'll also be here at the Barking Kudu on Mondays. And I'll be performing at Fresh Ground Comics on the 28th, uh, yes. last Friday of this month. Last Friday. Hosted and run by Chris Davis. Chris, will, I be, will, will I be at that show? Uh, if you ask nicely. Chris, can I please be at that show? Of course, Mike. Yay. Bring fun. So Mike and myself will be performing at First Ground Comics. And Chris Davis. And Chris Davis. A triple threat. Down at uh, Red Cat Cafe in Pepper Place, $5. And, or as I like to uh, call it, the Red Snatch Comedy Hole. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst other things I stupidly say at the end of every show. Yes. Only five bucks, best uh, No, can the people, can they find you on, on the Twitter? Uh, I am on the Twitter, Chris Oz Davis on Twitter. And how about the Facebook? Uh, Facebook, you can look for Christopher Davis, or just look for Fresh Ground Comics on Facebook. Also, uh, your improv groups as well, correct? Oh, yeah, ETC, Extemporaneous Theater, uh, Birmingham. Look for etcbham.com, that's our website. And uh, Ugly Baby and ETC are both on Facebook. And Narado, of course, they can find you on Twitter at Rod for short. That's right, R O D number four S H O R T uh, on Facebook. Narado N A R A D O, no last name, no none of that. Uh, you can also text me if you like at two zero five eight six two seven. Figure the last three numbers out yourself. <laughs> And of course, you can find me on the Twitter at J Michael McCall. You can find me on the Facebook just under Michael McCall. And you can find me on groovy. Black Planet as White Devil Number One. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, I've been saying that for years. I'm glad you admitted it. That's right. Uh, once again, thank you all for listening. Check us out at www.kamikazeradio.blogspot.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hey, Mario Carreras in the room, everybody. Bye, everybody.